Hey everyone, welcome to Savage to Sage, where we explore the evolution of entrepreneurs. In this show, we hear from leaders on the challenges and breakthroughs that have shaped them on their journey toward becoming a sage. Welcome back everybody to Savage to Sage. This is Daniel, the host, and on Savage to Sage, we like to look at the evolution of the entrepreneur and hope that as entrepreneurs grow in self-awareness, self-care, and multiplying with their team that they go from that savagery it takes to start a company to the sage that we believe it takes to sustain a company. And so today I am joined by Doug Edge. Doug is the COO of Reproduction Specialty Group and the owner of Edge Marketing. And um, Doug, before we hit record here, you also described yourself as a serial entrepreneur. So talk a little bit more about you know what that means for you. Yeah, thanks, Daniel. It's great to be with you and, and be on the podcast. Uh, you know, really for me, I started right out of college. Uh, I opened my first business uh, literally about four months after graduating from the University of Illinois with uh, my college roommate. And that's why I just kind of consider myself a serial entrepreneur. And so my first business was actually a retail clothing brick and mortar store back in 1993. And uh, about 10 years later, I, I sold that business and, and got into the broadcast industry. And I spent several years um, in the radio uh, business and then, and then later on in the television broadcast business. Over that period of time, uh, you know, just really found it very, I guess, fulfilling for me as a person to take something from nothing and grow it to something that had value that I could then, you know, pass on to somebody else uh, that wanted to take it to another level. And I would say in that journey in my career, it's it's now the point where I, I'm enjoying now helping other people that maybe have taken something from nothing and then helping them go to the next level. So that's kind of what I do today. If you flash forward from 1993 to where I'm at now in my career, uh, serving as a COO with a, with a uh, husband and wife, kind of entrepreneur, uh, a doctor, a veterinarian who's grown a business over the last 10 years and he wants to really you know, now take it to a, a much, much uh, bigger level. And, and that's what I'm doing here today. So that's kind of the, the synopsis of why I, I kind of refer to myself, I think, as a serial entrepreneur. I like it. And I, I like how you specifically talked about, you know, finding purpose or fulfillment in that, because I think that concept of serial entrepreneur is typically overused. And it's, you know, usually somebody that is self-described that way, but it's it's become kind of an identity more based on ego versus like like what i hear you saying is it's this how you've directed it is it's helped direct your life purpose and really kind of serving other people especially now so that's great what was it back in the day where it's like i need to jump into entrepreneurship versus you know a traditional path of go out and get a job and you know work for somebody else yeah, I think I think for me, uh, and I was was somewhat inspired by my, my one of my very good friends and college roommates who who shared that same kind of desire to to not necessarily want to to go work for somebody else and, and build you know their business, but rather to uh, find something we could build value in ourselves and uh, and know that we we're you know hopefully creating an asset and creating something that. Could be the passed on to another generation, or it could be sold, and and those assets turned over again, and 
And so I think, you know, back to your comment about serial entrepreneur for a second, uh, you know, I think that is overused. I, I would agree with you. I think a lot of it is because folks look at it as I just you know, built something really fast and, and try to cash out, right? And then go build the next thing and cash out again. And I think that's probably a, maybe a, a ways a lot of people think of serial entrepreneurs, but, you know, I view it a little, little differently, I guess. And and for me early on, it was, uh, I realized, I actually went to went to school to become a teacher <laughs> of all things. And uh, and nothing against teachers. My sister's one and, and uh, I love them. I think, you know, the world needs them. But I, I realized my, my senior year of college that when I student taught at a high school that that wasn't going to be for me. You know, I, I couldn't uh, see myself in that kind of environment uh, professionally, I guess. I loved working with the kids and all that part was great. But, you know, the actual, I guess I started looking at schools from a business standpoint. And I thought, this is a model that just I can't, I can't comprehend and can't get into. And so I, I found out really early on that, you know, I, I really wanted to be an entrepreneur or someone that, you know, helped build things. And then, like I said, later in life at this stage where I'm at now, I'm 52. And I really look at businesses now as how can I, can I bring that knowledge I learned earlier in my career to others that are, are trying to do the same thing? Yeah. I like that a lot. So if you think back to those early days, when, when you hear the word savage, like, or the savagery it takes to, to stand up a business that makes it, that survives, like, how would you describe those days for you? Yeah. You know, those, uh, you know, they're, they were challenging for sure. If, if anyone's ever, you know, done the quote bootstrapping of a business, it's exactly what, what, uh, my, my best friend and I did, uh, early on when we started uh, our first business. And, and, uh, and there's a lot of savagery that goes on there for sure. There's a lot of, uh, long, long days, uh, long, long weeks. I tell you the thing that I'm sure others have shared this with you before. It's so important. You probably hear this over and over again is, is having a mentor, having somebody that's been through that, that battle, you know, that you can kind of lean into. And for me, and my partner, we both had, we both came from families of, of entrepreneurs. So my dad owned a, owned a hardware store and my, my buddy, he, his, uh, his grandfather owned an auctioneer uh, business. And so, you know, we had that kind of in our blood almost, uh, uh entrepreneurs that, uh, you know, have been through the battles and the hard times of building a business. And, and when you're first starting one out, I mean, there's no, no doubt that there is just, there's so much of that, what I call like that in the trenches work that you got to do. You know, you're wearing lots of hats. You're, um, you're not quite sure where you're going yet. You know, you're trying to find your way. And, you know, those, those early days in my career and, and it didn't change. I mean, even once I, I sold that first business, you know, I, I kind of repeated it again and I, I took over a, a bankrupt group of radio stations that were just in the, in the cellar. And it just, it was like a start all over again. I mean, you're in the trenches. You're trying to bootstrap it. You're trying to. You know, do a lot of grassroots type of, of things from a marketing standpoint and, and leveraging, you know, all the, the knowledge and the, the other folks that maybe have done something similar before to try to see how it applies to the business you're trying to, to bring back up. In that case, that was a, that was a, you know, a group of failed um, stations that we were trying to basically rebuild. So I went from a starting from zero to nothing with a business to then a business that was, uh, really in bad shape uh, to bring back up. And, and actually, I, I failed to mention, I guess, the introduction, I, I, I did a dot-com early on too in the early 2000s and, and right when the bubble bursted. I mean, it was just horrific. So it was, 
<laughs> it's a great, uh, I tell people I've got a PhD in business failure too, not only success. Everybody says, oh, you've been so successful. Like, no, I've had some failures and, and those are the ones that probably have helped me the most in my career, to be honest. Yeah. Well, that actually leads me nicely into a next question. I was just curious, like if there was a failure or a, a test that really became a teacher for you and if you'd be willing to share, you know, one or two of those stories. Yeah, the, the dot com I was referring to was one that, man, it was it was a, a huge failure for me in my career. And it was it was a bit of circumstance. Um, it wasn't for you know lack of effort, I think, or, or planning or, or strategy. But you know, we were we were entering the market at a time when that market was near the tipping point and you, everyone's heard the, the bubble burst of the dot coms or the bubble burst of, of real estate and everything's you know, there's that's a common phrase, you know, when something is getting to a point of oversaturation and, and, and overinflated in terms of valuations, things like that. And, and so, uh, you know, I, I exited the broadcast business after a really successful sale of a group of stations that we, we propped back up and, and, and got a 10x multiple on to basically turn around and losing it all within about less than two years. It was a, a huge failure from my part and those that were involved with me. You know, and add to that, uh, we had just signed with a VC firm about uh, four months before uh, 9-11. And um, that VC firm happened to be headquartered in the World Trade Center. And, and that whole uh, firm was, was almost completely wiped out. We not only went through the struggles of, of kind of entering the market when a bubble bursted, but then, you know, no one could have predicted or had the foresight to say that, Okay, you're you're a leading investor that you just signed on with four months later is not going to be in existence anymore. And and we still, you know, we still tried to survive after that, you know, for several months and, and just finally couldn't do it. So it, it's boy, you learn a lot though through that whole process. I mean, you learn a lot about yourself. Uh, you learn a lot about other people that are in that business with you and their character. And fortunately for, for me, I was able to to rebound from that, it didn't come quickly, but um, you know, it was it was one of those things that you really learn and take a lot of life lessons out of when you go through one of those those kind of painful uh, failures. And I I tell a lot of people, I say, you know, if your business is failing or it's going to fail, you know, it's okay to let it happen and to learn from it and just you know start back over if you have to. I mean, it's I've been through it. It's it, it's doable. And you can come out on the other side so much smarter. And, and I think about the lessons I learned from that one experience. I can recall more lessons from that experience than any of the other successes. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. I'm I'm curious, what was one of those main insights that you learned about yourself as a leader during that season? I think looking back now, it was it was having me, you know, as an entrepreneur, especially, you have so much drive in you to just keep pushing and keep pushing. You know, there, there's not a lot of self-assessment that goes on sometimes with entrepreneurs of, okay, when when is the when is the end really here? When do I need to do something different? When is the time come to say this is not going any further? This is not going to get any better. And as an entrepreneur, we want to keep pushing. We want to keep driving forward. We don't want to accept failure. And I think for me, learning to accept failure and to accept that you know, yeah, it it, it hurts and it's not going to end the way that we had all hoped and dreamed it would. But, you know, you can pick yourself back up again and, and live for another day. And knowing when it's okay to say, you know, this has to end now. I have to, I have to stop the madness and try something different, do something different, and completely set this one dream or this one 
you know, goal that we were after aside and realized it's not going to happen and it may never happen. And then that allows you then to have that clarity to find the next thing, to think about what, what the future could look like without that. And that's hard for us because we, we all want to drive so hard and we get things set in our head that, you know, this is something we can achieve. We can do it. And we're so close. We keep thinking we're so close. And then, you know, it's like, you know, somebody moves the cheese again. And when that happens, you know, it's, oh, well, we can go find it now. It's, it's right around the corner. I can see it. And it's, it's just realizing it's not there anymore. It's time to stop. It's really tough. Why do you think from what you've seen that people don't, you know, they keep pushing, they keep going after that, even when like the signs are so clear, like it's time to move on. Like, what is it that you've seen? You know, I, I think to be honest, sometimes our ego probably gets in the way. You know, we don't want to admit failure as an entrepreneur, as a business owner. That's a hard thing to swallow. I mean, I've seen a lot of a lot of good people, you know, just stay in it too long and lose everything. It's sad to see. I think, you know, it's a little bit of ego, probably. It's a little bit of that just our as a society, you know, we've we've been taught, you know, I think whether it's through competitive sports or through, you know, other other types of competition that you want to be a winner, right? You want to be the champion. You want to get that big trophy. And as a as a business owner and entrepreneur, you know, that that's tough when you realize it's just not going to happen this time and it's going to be a failure. And I think our maybe that that competitiveness in us is so strong and wired so high in entrepreneurs that it is it's tough to, to throw in the towel. It's really tough for a lot of them to do it. And I I found myself, you know, it was tough for me too. Yeah. I I think about this statement uh, that I've heard in a number of different contexts, but especially around like self-awareness is the best part of you is also the worst part of you. Yeah. Especially as it relates to competitiveness. It's like, that's what, that's like the badge of honor that so many of us have to, you know, to get us to the point that we are now. But then the whole point of evolution is like, what helped us to survive is not necessarily going to help us to thrive. And, and it's being open to, you know, those, those lessons along the way. And sometimes like saying the worst thing I could do here is to keep, you know, competing because all of the signs are showing me, you know, it's time to stop competing and to move on. Like, like you shared. So, yeah, yeah, for sure. And I'm in, I'm in a situation right now. It's, it's really interesting. You know, I, I just, joined a reproduction specialty group as COO here a few months ago. And, and, and I got to hand it to, you know, Dr. Tad Thompson, uh, he and his wife created this business here that's grown for 10 years. And he came to say self-realization. He shared with me that uh, he loves being a veterinarian. He loves, he's got a passion for what he does in, in veterinary medicine and, and the technology and all that, that, that he's doing. It's very cutting edge around reproduction and, and, you know, he came to a point late last year of, of realizing that I either need to stop being a veterinarian and work on my business for it to go to the next level, or I'm going to bring somebody in to help me do that so I can continue doing what I love to do as a veterinarian and, and allow my business to keep, keep growing. And so, you know, that's not only realizing when it's time to throw in the towel, but, when it, but realizing when it's time to seek help to go to that next level. I think are both really both powerful things for an entrepreneur to have a self-realization about. Yeah, absolutely. And I think so many people that are founders, like you described, who got into it because they were so passionate 
like the doctor you're mentioning, like about the problem that they're solving when they're forced to then, you know, become the CEO and run the business. They're like, uh, you know, some, some people make that transition naturally and other people, you know, just, they don't want to be away from, you know, continually solving that problem. And so I think having that awareness to, to decide, you know, which one you're going to pursue. But then also, I think there's a component of, especially for someone like him and, and other entrepreneurs that have to entrust partners and key people like you with, in a way with their baby, they have to, I'm trying to describe this, like they have to know, like, I can trust this person. and This is a, a true partner. What, what have you found to be those characteristics of true partners, you know, with ventures that you've started that you've entrusted with, with key people that you've brought onto the team or, you know, what you're working on now? Yeah, it's, um, it's, you bring up such a great topic because that, that is, uh, that's a big challenge. I mean, it's a big challenge, you know, that to, to give someone your baby to, to nurture and to, to grow up and to take to another level, you know, when you've been the only one or you maybe in your spouse or another partner and uh, to get it to a certain level. Uh, so that, that trust factor is going to be really high, you know, for sure. And, you know, and we've all heard those scenarios where, you know, where some of these, some partnerships just don't work out, you know, you, uh, whether that's a partnership in business or in marriage or, or whatever. And uh, I, I think, you know, it's, it's just so important to have good communication, uh, not be afraid to, to talk direct and open and honestly with each other about issues that are facing the business or issues that maybe you're facing your personal life. Uh, I think that's, that is such a, um, a key thing. I think uh, those that, that come in and, and I've been in a few of these situations where, you know, someone, you know, wants you to come in and help them, whether it's from a consulting standpoint or, a, or, or a t- taking a key role in the, in the business to help them out and they don't communicate, you know, they don't really, you know, they don't fully, uh, you know, they might, they might give you the keys to the door, but then they, they want to, you know, want the keys back every night, you know, and, and so it's, it's one of those things that, uh, it's tough, you know, it's very challenging. We've all heard those, the, the bad stories, uh, but there's a lot of good ones out there too. Uh, you know, there's a lot of, uh, I've, I've been blessed, you know, in my career, I have some very great business partners that, that are still, you know, my first, my very first business partner is still my very best friend, you know, and he's taken the business, uh, that we founded back, you know, right out of college. And has grown it tremendously uh, since uh, since I got out, and uh, it's been fun for me to watch and, and be a part of. We go on vacation together. I mean, it's just unbelievable. You know, there's so those relationships. There are others that that, quite frankly, I mean, you know, we just didn't connect and it didn't work, and and um, you know, it just didn't it didn't happen the way we thought it would, right? So uh, my I guess my advice would be that. Uh, Always proceed with those kind of partnerships very cautiously and know know the person very well, not not only professionally, but know them personally. You, know, you can tell a lot about a person in you know in their in their lifestyle and, and what they're doing and, and their their relationship with their kids and their spouse or their girlfriend or boyfriend or whatever it happens to be. And uh, and I, I, I put a lot of value on those things. You know, I really do. I, I think there's there's merit to not only what you do professionally, but also on a personal level. Yeah, that is very true. And I, I, I like to say, I mean, in a lot of cases, especially when you talk about business partners like that, or you know, organizational co-founders of a nonprofit, you're going to spend a lot more time with those people on a week in and week out basis than your family, 
your, your spouse, your partner, you know, and I, I try to boil it down to, you have to like and respect somebody and they have to like and respect you because otherwise, you know, if it's, if it's strictly like a professional relationship and, you know, you don't like them, you don't respect them, but you know, you respect how they do business or how they lead. I mean, it just doesn't work. I like how you reflected on that. And also, I think there's this other component too, where you have to be comfortable with your, your blind spots being exposed to the other person. And they have to be comfortable with their blind spots being exposed to you, you know, being able and willing to address those places and figuring out like, how do we, okay, we each have these blind spots. So how can we leverage each other's strengths or maybe it's something we can't fill for each other. So we have to bring other people in to help us in those areas of blind spots, but it's, it's, it's very humbling in that way. So I'm curious if you just have any stories from your journey about, you know, a blind spot that was exposed for you and how you handle that. Yeah. I'd say early on, it's funny, you know, I think as you're younger in your career, you try to hide those blind spots. You know, I think you try to overcompensate for areas that you're not really strong in. I found later in life that, boy, things go much, much smoother and much quicker and much faster if you're very upfront with, hey, this is not my in my wheelhouse. This is something I'm not, you know, I'm not good at. And knowing, you know, where your strengths and weaknesses are, I think, like I said, early on in life, you're, 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 you think you're good at everything and <laughs> you're just not. And, and later on, uh, you know, I, I can think you know, back to this experience I'm in right now. Dr. Tad and I and, and his wife, Amanda, I mean, it's very much a, a family-run company. And, you know, I, I told him very early on, my, my title is COO, not CFO. I said, if you're looking for somebody that, you know, loves to dig into spreadsheets and, and do numbers all day, that's not me. I said, I know how to read them. I know how to get value out of them. But I said, well, we're going to need somebody else to help us if that's, if that's a strength neither one of us has. Right. It's having those kind of candid conversations up front to set the expectation that, yeah, I might be really good at these three or four things here, but these are there's two or three others that I'm not that good at. And and I and I have to always constantly you know remind myself that, you know, it's a this is a different culture than maybe what you came from in the past. You know, every situation has its nuances and its differences and uh, just understanding that. I, I may push too hard on something, knowing when to back off the throttle because they're not ready for that yet. Or, you know, I may not communicate something in the right sequence because, you know, they haven't been communicated that way before and they're not used to it. So it's disruptive to the company. And so just having that kind of communication and then giving them the authority to, to push back on you, I think is so important to be able to say, hey, if I'm doing something that you're not comfortable with or you think is disruptive or, or not, the way that things have happened in the past that you know is helpful, you can you've got every right to push back on me, and uh, and just giving them that kind of freedom, I think, really helps make the partnership strong. You know, it helps make it very open and and kind of two way communication. I think those are the best kind of partnerships. Again, whether I think we're talking about business or or life, uh, I think in general, uh, you know, giving people permission to call you out, push back. That's, you know, it's okay. Don't, you're not going to hurt my feelings. I got thick skin and big shoulders. And a lot of times those kind of conversations, I think back on my experiences over the years, really pay off. Yeah. Yeah. That I appreciate that example. 
I think it's we we often at full stack we talk about it of like partner marriage counseling in a way when we're working intimately with a number of our clients and on the people side of their business and oftentimes you know you have you have these difficulties with with partners and and so much of it is just that what you just mentioned it's that insecurity with these blind spots being exposed or this just inability to to really address a conflict when it comes up and figure out how to how to leverage that for for growth you know mutual growth between both people like you, you use the metaphor of marriage it's very similar to that because you know a true partnership and marriage only works when you know that humility goes both ways so yeah i i appreciate those insights and i'm curious just as we we close out here i like to end just with a couple more quick questions um just answering them in like a sentence or two but what would you say is has been the most rewarding thing to come out of your evolution and your journey as an entrepreneur I, i'd say people you know the most rewarding thing for me is is i've been blessed with being able to meet some just extraordinary people and i think it's um that's what makes me look forward to the next day i know there's going to be somebody interesting somebody new uh, that I'm going to meet in this journey that uh, is going to going to help me or help the business or, or or help with a relationship or something. So for me, it's people. Love it. How do you maintain the entrepreneurial pace, but then also recharge? Like, what if you got to choose one thing you could do to recharge to you know keep that pace up and the energy up? Like, what would you do? Uh, for me, you know, I think you got to get away and unplug. Uh, I think you've got to. Um, you know, you got to find something that you enjoy doing. I am not, I wouldn't call myself a avid fisherman by no means, but I love to just take a, a few days out of the year and um, get out on a lake with a buddy and just, you know, get away from everything. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I, I hear from a lot of entrepreneurs like you that like the outdoors is probably the number one like answer when I, when I ask people, you know, what do you do to recharge? You know, I hear hiking, trail running, fishing, uh, just getting out into nature. And I think nature is such a great medicine for the world of business and especially with how much we're on screens now. And so I hear that answer a lot. And I think more and more people are getting in touch with that because I think, you know, we we see this story often of entrepreneurs being the ones that, you know, that burn out or have mental health challenges. And I, I man nature is such a good antidote to that right absolutely yeah i love it and i'm i'm kind of fortunate i live on a farm so i get to get outside and, and, and be in the country and breathe the fresh air <laughs> quite often so i always tell people they say, well you, you know you go you leave from work and you go back to work and i go i don't view that as work it's you know it's being out with nature and taking care of some animals and, and doing that kind of thing is is actually recharging for me too yeah so what animals do you have on your farm i'm curious so we uh, we have a, a sheep flock and uh, we have a few uh, llamas as well. Uh, they're guard animals for the sheep, actually, and and then uh, we have a few uh, very small headed cattle. Okay, nice. That's fun. The last question I have is: What sage advice would you give to a new entrepreneur, someone that is just stepping out or is is considering thinking of stepping out for the first time? 
I think the, the best advice I can give you is, is to find a mentor. And this is not probably new advice, uh, but I think somebody that's, that's been on the journey before, at least for a period of time that's, that's, you know, had, had some success and, and, and maybe had a failure or two. I think that's the best thing that uh, I did early in my career, um, you know, was, was fine, you know, not only one, but, you know, get your several, <laughs> you know, it's, it doesn't hurt to, you know, to kind of surround yourself with some people that uh, are really smart and, and have kind of been there and done that. Uh, I think that's, that will go a long ways. The other thing is, is patience. You know, I think early in my career, you know, I, I didn't have a lot of patience and, um, and I still find myself even, even now I, I kind of rush into things too much and I, I, you know, I need to need to slow down before making some decisions and, Kind of look both ways before you cross the road, you know. Kind of, kind of attitude, and and I think those are are some key things that I would always look for a mentor. Make sure you got plenty of patience, and and lastly, have yourself a set of values. You know, before you enter into into some partnership or some business agreement, you know, make sure the values uh, that you're the reason why you're going to open that business or or be that entrepreneur or be that partner aligns with you know some core values that you have for yourself and and then you know live by it i mean that's the that's the thing i I think the partnerships for me that didn't go well is there was a real value kind of issue and and i think those that that do go well you know that's uh, you know you you gotta share in the same kind of values and vision and goals uh, with each other and if you don't uh it's probably not gonna last very long well that is sage wisdom if i've ever heard that on this show to to finish out. So thank you so much. I know those words will be very well received by our audience. If people want to get in touch with you and learn more about you, where would you point them? Uh, yeah, they're, they're welcome to uh, visit me on LinkedIn. It's probably my, my preferred uh, you know, social platform for business, I guess. Uh, you can look me up at, you know, under Doug Edge, uh, Doug Edge 70 on Twitter other platforms that i spend a little time on but um yeah if, if people want to reach out love to connect with other entrepreneurs and happy to share and 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 learn from each other sounds good doug thank you so much for today and your authenticity i, I really appreciate it and we'll look forward to the next time thank you for listening to today's interview to view show notes or hear more episodes please visit www.savagetosage.com